Hey, uh, yeah, so I'm, my name is Ben Toole. I'm not on staff here. Uh, I work with Young Life. Last time I spoke here at River Ridge was the spring of 2010. Uh, and then I left. Uh, went to Morgantown for nine years and came back. So um, it's exciting to be up here. I love, I'm part of the worship team, if you've probably seen me before. But uh, welcome for those of you that are out here. What a great day. It, it started out like, uh... Are we going to be able to do this or not? Um, and then it, look at this, perfect, perfect place to be, and all you guys online as well. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we're in this uh, series called Persevere, um, and you know, I think it's hit me perfect. I've always wanted to teach, and I think the Lord's like, hey, e-learning, teach, go for it. Now I don't want to teach anymore, uh, but uh, we're thankful that, hey, we're, we're, going up, we're going back to school this week. Uh, Kanawha County, or supposedly. We'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, it's my 26th fall of working with kids, uh, college kids, high school kids, middle school kids. And I think they're all asking the same questions. Why am I here? Um, what's life all about? Anyway, and maybe that's why you're here. Maybe that's why you're tuned in on the interwebs, um, wondering what, what is life all about? What's this whole thing uh, have to do with me? And I believe the subject of perseverance is great because eventually life throws you a curveball, right? And uh, so that's, that's sort of why we're doing this. Um, you know, how do you persevere in the midst of a pandemic or a great loss or a disease or um, just as parents trying to figure out how to do all this whole thing? You know, there's a letter uh, a parent got one time that says, Dear Dad, it is with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with mom and you. I've been finding real passion with Stacy, and she is so nice. However, I knew you would not approve of her because of her piercings and tattoos. Also, she is much older than me. But it's not only the passion, Dad, she's pregnant. Stacy said that we will be very happy together. She owns a trailer in the woods and has a stack of firewood for the whole winter. We share a dream of having many more children. Stacy has opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana doesn't really hurt anyone. We'll be growing it for ourselves and trading it with other people in the commune for whatever we need. Don't worry, Dad, I'm 15, and I know how to take care of myself. Someday I'm sure we'll be back to visit so you can get to know your many grandchildren. Love, Josh. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at Jason's house. I just wanted to remind you that there were worse things in life than the report card from school that's on the kitchen table. Call when it's safe to come home. Love you. I love that. Did I get you? You guys are like, man, that kid's messed up. Actually, he's amazing. That's funny. Lord, thanks for today. Uh, pray that you'd be with us as we dig into your scripture. It's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Lord, may it penetrate deep into our souls this morning. So, hey, before we get into this, amen, by the way. He knew that. Um, uh, I want to. I need to give you a picture before we get into the scripture today about an, uh, the Old Testament priest. Okay, so I want to give you sort of a, a picture of this. You know, Old Testament, a lot of sacrifices, um, lots of blood, rams, bulls, whatever, goats, um, sin for your sin, for known sin, for uh, unintentional sin, for thanksgiving, for praise, whatever it may be. That's kind of how the Old Testament works. So the role of the priest. And the Old Testament was a mediator, basically, uh, between us and God. So you'd, you'd bring a goat and say, hey, here, here's my sin offering. The priest would take it, sacrifice it, and say, okay, 
um, you're good to go. That, that's kind of what the priest was in the Old Testament, and they were also teachers. So if you wanted to know what God's, God's word said or meant, you would kind of go to a priest. And So there, there were seven feasts where God was like, hey, I'm going to meet with you on these seven times, okay? So these are big deals. Uh, the Jewish New Year would start with uh, Rosh Hashanah, right? That was basically last weekend, okay? And, and this was 10 days building up to the Day of Atonement, which was Yom Kippur. You might have heard of this. Um, and it was basically for you to wipe the slate clean, okay? Atonement means to cover up, uh, to have your sins covered over. So hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people would meet in this one place, very non-COVID-esque, right? I mean, all these people would come because this is the day where the, the priest is going to go in, the high priest is going to go in and sacrifice for the sins for you and the community that year. It's a big deal. Within the holy place, the tabernacle, uh, there was this inner room called the Holy of Holies, right? And there was this thick curtain or veil that would divide the Holy of Holies from the other place. Essentially, it was shielding God from people, okay? At the time of Jesus, listen to this, this, this veil, this curtain was 60 feet high, 30 feet in width, and almost three to four feet thick. So it's huge, right? So whoever entered the Holy of Holies was entering the very presence of God. This is a very holy moment that's going on here on the Day of Atonement. Not just any priest could enter, it was only the high priest and only once a year, the Day of Atonement. And so that's what was going on in the holy uh, this holy ceremony that everybody looked forward to once a year, the high priest would go on and act, go in and act on your behalf. He was to offer the sacrifice to God and everyone's slate clean. Oral tradition even said they would wrap a rope around him and put bells on him so if the high priest would go back there and if his heart wasn't right or he just died back there for unknown reasons that they could drag him out because if anyone went into the Holy of Holies that was not the high priest, they would die on the spot. I mean, this is, this is big-time stuff. Now, I want to fast forward to Jesus. Um, Jesus cries out on the cross, it is finished. In other words, paid in full. So at this point on the cross, uh, Jesus paying the price for all the sins for the entire world once for all. For Christ died for sins once for all, the Scripture says, the righteous, Jesus, for the unrighteous, us. And it says in Matthew 27, it says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rock split. So this is the 60 feet high, 30 feet in width, 4 feet thick, and it just tore from top to bottom. Had to be an act of God. The holy of holies was now exposed God's presence was now accessible to all. This is a big, big deal. This, ha this actually happened. Listen, the scripture says, because um, the scripture calls Jesus our great high priest. So I told you the, the role of the Old Testament priest. Now it's saying Jesus is our high priest. It says this, therefore, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So as God rips this curtain, as Jesus dies on the cross, it's as if he's saying, welcome. Well, come on in. Everybody's welcome. 
Again, a big, big deal. Um, Romans says this, because here's the question. Oh, boy. Oh, whatever. Um, Romans 10.9, luckily I've memorized part of the TMS. But it says, therefore, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's, that's the first piece of this. Have you done that? Have you, have you asked Jesus, like, I'm in, I want, I want that. Jesus, our great high priest. Um, so that's kind of where we are. Uh, that I wanted it because this is going to come up. So I'm going to read today's passage, and I want you to think about that priest stuff. The Old, Pres- the Old Testament, Jesus is our high priest, and I want you to s- listen to what the Scripture says for us I'm going to read 1 Peter 2, 4 to 10. It says this. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So that's what the scripture says. Um, and the question is like, wait, who's, who's God's chosen people? The Jews? No, no. He says to Abraham, all people, you will be the father of all people, everyone. That veil has been ripped. We're all in this, in this, okay? So identity really matters. Who are you? Who am I? They sang that song, I am, I am chosen, not forsaken. I mean, they sang that, that song today, um, and I love that song. And so identity really matters. What does it mean for you that the veil has been ripped open and, and the Holy of Holies is exposed? What does it mean... Um, that we right here today are chosen? Have you thought about that? What does it mean that we are this holy priesthood? What does that mean for us? That's kind of what I want to talk about, and I think two things. One is access. Two is identity, because it matters who you are, okay? So we got to know who we are and what comes along with it. First is access. I'm wearing an all-access pass, my name on it. It doesn't really work for anything, because I just made it myself. Um, But I once went to a Clemson game, uh, Clemson, Florida State, a couple years ago, and I had an all-access pass. And I thought I was, like, the most important person in this entire stadium. Uh, I go in there. I go wherever I want. And, I, dude, trust me, I'm, like, walking to a place. I'm, like, and, and you know, the guy with me is, like, dude, you don't really have to do that. Like, it's fine. Um, I'm, like, no, no, I'm good. Like, I would go into the president's box, get a steak, go out into the common area, and just be eating a steak sort of like this. You know, I wanted people to know, man. I, I, I'm like, I want to go on the field. Can we go down on the field? He goes, yeah, man, you can go wherever you want. I kept asking him, can I go in there? Yeah, yeah, you have an all-access pass. 
I'm like, all right, let's go to the locker room and halftime. He's like, I I don't think it's going to work for that one, maybe. But I had this all-access pass, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because the all-access pass that we have is way more important, way more huge. It's the same thing. That's number one. I don't know if you, we have an app or something. I don't know how it works, but River Ridge Church, you click on it. You click sermons. I don't know. It's on your phone. Uh, But number one is you have an all-access pass to God, full access, direct, right to God. And um, the same as me, the same as the pastors here, this church, the same as Mother Teresa, the same as my kids. Like, we don't wait for a priest to come and pray for our meal at night. Like, our our kids do it. It's great. Um, Sophie prays. Ted prays. They all have the same access that I do and that you do. Scripture says this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. We all have access and there's no long lines, right? That's why Jesus is our high priest. That's why it matters to, to confess, hey man, I'm in, I want in. As Jesus is our one access, again, the high priest. And I gotta ask you, are you, do you, are you taking advantage of your all access pass to God? Because the way you persevere in life is you do that. You you take advantage of who you are and the access. A couple things about access. We can approach God boldly in prayer. Okay? You have an all-access pass to God in prayer. Just say it. It doesn't have to be some fancy thing. He's not concerned about your fancy words. He's concerned about your heart. It's like access that my kids already know. They, They don't come up and say, Dear Benjamin Frederick Toole, would thou please give me more time on my phone so that I can allow my brain to be further mashed? And they don't say that. they like, Dad, I need more time on my phone. Come on, man, seriously. Like they have full access. They don't wait in some line. They just say, hey, we need more time on our phone. Same thing. We have all access to God. Are we using it? Listen to what this scripture says. Jeremiah 33 says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Listen to this. Call to me, prayer. I will answer you, okay? Now listen to this. And tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Whoa. Man, Noah and I were talking about this this week. Like what, what unsearchable? Like that's stuff we can't even know, but God's gonna know. You can because you have access through me. I can let you in on unsearchable things that's only available through me. So I mean, I'm, I'm saying flash that all-access pass and do it. Go to the Lord in prayer. We have an all-access pass to God's word. This is what Matt spoke about last week a little bit. I just want to touch on it a little bit more. Um, we have the ability to understand scripture on our own. It's not a pass like go rogue and just be like, hey, I, I got it. I know what I'm doing. But we have the ability because of Christ in us to understand this love letter written to us. It's a huge thing. Um, again, are we taking advantage of that? The written word of God's huge. We have the Bible in our own language. We can get it on your phone for free. It's, I mean, it's an amazing thing, and we have access to that. I remember when I start, first started getting into like following Christ, I remember I, I knew I had a Bible and I remember grabbing that thing and it was, it was dusty as heck. How dusty is your Bible, you know? We have all access 
You know, it's why we're doing this, this here, this study together. Um, we have one of these you can get today. There's, there's scripture on the back. Uh, we encourage you to read this with us on 8 a.m., Monday through Friday. We're going through this. Somebody gets on there um, and walks us through it. It's really fun, 10, 10 minutes or so, 8 o'clock, Monday through Friday. But read this on your own. We've got 10 weeks worth of stuff right here. So grab one of these and join in. Uh, it's great to read God's word together. Um, and again, listen to the scripture. I prayed this at the beginning. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Dang. And we have access to that right here. Are you taking advantage of that? There was a study done. Over 100,000 people, this is interesting, over 100,000 people, uh, more than 20 countries over a seven-year seven period of time, 100 factors. How, how can we grow in Christ? 100 factors were uh, tested. Whether you go to church, maybe you lead worship, you're in a Bible study, you're in a, you know, you lead the Bible study, you're in choir, you play in the bell choir, whatever, 100 factors. Only one came out. And it was called, and they, they named it Bible engagement, which is basically what? Reading God's word. If you, people that read God's word were growing more spiritually than, and that was the only factor that came out of this study. It's interesting. I, I'm saying don't be a malnourished follower of Christ. Again, Matt spoke about this yesterday, but I think we should speak about it every week. Don't be malnourished. We have it right here. So I'm daring you to feed on God's word. You don't know what to read? Right here. You can just do this and read that. Okay? You don't have to think about it. Right here is the scriptures. Grab one of these on the way out and begin getting into God's word. It's great, great stuff. Man, it's, it's huge. And Matt talked about it a little bit last week. Be a self-feeder, right? We can do that on our own. I remember uh, my boss my, for Young Life, he, we sat in a leadership meeting one time at camp. And the guy that was leading the Bible study, real, he said, hey, real quick, I'm going to get into Scripture. But I hope you guys aren't coming in here for me to just give this to you. I hope you're, I assume you as leaders are feeding yourselves. But check out what the Scripture says. And my boss said he was sitting right, it was a jammed floor, and he was in the corner, and the guy was standing right next to him. And he said he opened the Scripture, and Scott, my boss, said the hairs on this guy's leg just stood up because of the power of God's word. So guys, I'm just saying, we have all access to God's word. Um, it's sort of like, I, and I, I don't wanna hammer on this too much, um, but I just think it's important. It's like uh, I used to say, it's sort of like a steak dinner, right? This right here, it's like a steak dinner. You can eat it two different ways, right? I can cut up the steak and potatoes and eat it and then spit it back on my plate and then put it on the spoon and give it to you. That's one way. Or I can hand you a big steak knife and a fork and say, dude, have at it. Now, which is more, more appealing? See what I'm saying? You can do this on your own. It's huge. It's huge to do that. Okay. I just want to make the point if it wasn't very clear. Um, you know, write some stuff down. Ask questions. Be a part of a home group. Be a part of a Bible study. Uh, I used to challenge people. Hey, first, people, first to go 30 days straight, you have to get a partner. Matt and I used to do this in Young Life, and I, you, you'd get all the way to day 29. If one person missed, then you both have to start over. It was just fun to get people engaged in Scripture. Anyway, 
take advantage. Number two, my number two point, we need to live out of our identity as this holy priesthood. What does that mean? I think we all, especially from social media, we all ask ourselves, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? You know, I think of the Saturday Night Live, am I good enough? I'm smart enough and doggone people like me, but are you good enough? Are you smart enough? And social media is being like that, and the way they throw stuff out, we have all kinds of information coming in at us. So who are we really? Because the scripture I just read says this, you are a chosen race. The God of the universe picked you. We're a royal priesthood with Jesus as our high priest. And we're a valued possession of God. I wish I could just read Psalm 139 to you. I don't have the time. It's great stuff. But even going back to the prayer piece, this is a quote. Our boldness in prayer is inextricably linked with our knowledge that God knows us, loves us, and hears us. So it matters who we are. You knew that wasn't my quote because I don't know it. I don't use the word inextricably. Anyway, um, and what comes along with who you are is a choice. Are you going to live into what, who God says you are and who the scripture says you are or what everybody else in the world says you are? Because I think sometimes we live in that lie that we're not good enough, that we're not smart enough to figure out what this says, that we don't know any of that stuff. That's what the world says. So I say, I'm saying you can believe what Scripture says or not. I mean, it, it's, it's really who we are. We're this royal priesthood. It's like Michael Jordan when he's playing basketball, then he quit, and he went and played baseball. You know what I did when I watched him play baseball? I went like this. Bro, please, come on. You're a basketball player. And he went back and played basketball, and you just sat more easy watching that, right? You are chosen, like the song they sang, you are his, you're a child of God, and you have full access to the God of the universe. Stop believing lies that are contrary to that fact. First Peter 2, I read this, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Are you living like that or not? Are you living like you're a possession of God or not? Are you living like that you are, uh, have this inheritance in heaven with God or not? And that, that's, that matters. It's, it's sort of like my boy Peter Parker, right? He gets bit by a super spider. And then he wakes up the next morning and he's like, whoa. I'm like, I have muscles. He puts on his glasses and he, he doesn't need them. Different lenses. He goes to school, gets into a fight, and realizes, man, I got cat-like reflexes now. He's dodging punches, and then he throws webs out of his wrist. And it's like, he's going, what is going on? There's something inside of him that he didn't understand fully, that he didn't get. So what do you think he did? Just kept being Peter Parker? No. He walks downtown, he finds a building. He's like, I think I might be able to climb this. And he sticks to it, and he starts flinging webs, and he makes a suit, and it's Spider-Man. If Spider-Man were to come to the church this morning, he would not have driven a car. He would have figured out how to come right through these trees because it was inside of him. And you have Jesus Christ inside of us, the hope of glory, and we have an all-access pass. Are we taking advantage of that? What would that power be? be like to be unleashed in your life 
as you begin to pray and, and talk to God, get into his word. Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. Listen to this. Because I think sometimes we live as we've got this sin. Maybe it's a habitual sin or an addiction or just something that, whatever you call it, I want to say something, but I, my wife will be mad. I wanted to say crap. It's, crap's not a bad word, but it's just stuff. And we go, well, I just, this is just who I am. It's not. Because listen to this. Scripture says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Do you have weaknesses in your life? But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And that's what helps us to persevere in life. We don't have to live out of that sin or that addiction. We take it to God. We can do it right now. You can ask God for forgiveness and move on. You don't have to wait for some priest to come for that. We have full access now. Okay. Number three, the last point. This is a big one. We can all do the ministry. Put another way, we all should do the ministry. Or even we should just say, we all do the ministry. Why do you think I'm up here this morning? I mean, I'm not a pastor. I'm not on staff here. I mean, they, they get paid to be up here to be good. I'm just good for nothing. Maybe you're good for nothing too. Maybe you should be up here. Maybe you should be leading that Bible study. Maybe you should be the one to go, hey, hey, let's read the scripture together and figure this out. Somebody's in the hospital and needs prayer. Maybe you should be the one to go pray for them because you have the same access that everyone else does. We all do the ministry. And I think that's a huge piece that I want to challenge you with. Listen to this. It's a quote from a book. Frederick Buechner says this, the first ministers were the 12 disciples. There's no evidence that Jesus chose them because they were brighter or nicer than other people. All right, I fit in that category. Their sole qualification seems to have been their intentional willingness to rise to their feet when Jesus said, follow me. When Jesus sent the 12 out into the world, his instructions were simple. He told them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal, with the implication that to do either right was in effect to do both. Fortunately for the world in general and the church in particular, the ability to do them is not dependent on either moral character or IQ. To do them in the name of Christ is to be a, a minister. Can I let you in on something? That is you. Gosh, that is you. We all do the ministry. Listen, but we are a chosen people, it says, a rural priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Here's what the scripture said that I read earlier, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. And I believe that there are people around you searching, trying to figure it out, trying to understand what this is all about. And you have it. What will you do? How will you be a light to those around you? And I've said this a lot. 
you may be the only Jesus that people in your circle ever see. And you have an all-access pass to God through prayer and his word. You're the one to show what this is all about. We all do the ministry. I've always used this sort of thought like, how, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? There's a ton of stuff out there. What bugs you that bugs God? Do that. There it is. What bugs you that bugs God? And if there's, if there's nothing that bugs you around about this world, I dare you to ask God, hey, would you bug me about something? And he may just do that. But God has a plan and a purpose. And we can persevere in life when we realize we have an all-access pass to God. When we realize who we are, this holy priesthood, and that, we have a, that God has a purpose and that we're supposed to jump in and do the ministry together. Because just like the priests in the Old Testament offering these sacrifices, well, what about the New Testament priests? Because if, if that's who we are, here's what it says. 1 Peter 2, 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. We just read that earlier. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So are we supposed to go find a goat and sacrifice that thing or what? No. Listen to what Romans 12, 1 says. Therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God this is your spiritual act of worship, and that's, that's really kind of what it boils down to. That's what we were to do every, every day. So you'll simply wake up, say, okay, here I am, Lord. I'm yours. I'm in. I want to see. I want full access. I, what, what, access. What is that unsearchable thing that only you know that you can let me in on? I want to know that. Hey, what's, it, what's behind that door? You know, like me walking around the stadium like this. Hey, hey, I want in there. Okay, I mean, you, these guys didn't even ask them. They just move aside. You have all access pass. I'm just saying, man, I took full advantage of this at a stupid football game. And I don't take full advantage of the full access I have to the king of the universe. Dang. So here's the real question. I'm done. I don't know how long I went, but doesn't matter. I literally have three more lines maybe four or five. Real question of questions is this, I, and I want this to haunt you. <laughs> I want this to bug you. What are you doing with your all-access pass? Maybe, because when I first got there to that game, I wasn't sure. Hey, what? where can I go? Maybe you don't know that. Maybe that's maybe some of your problem. Hey, find someone that maybe has done it before. The guy I was with at an all-access pass, he knew. I'm like, all right, are we loud in there? Are we do, can we do this? Ask somebody else that maybe has been following Christ longer. Hey, I heard we have this all-access pass. Can you help me use it? What are you doing with your all-access pass? I want you to wear it out. The one who knit you together in your mother's womb knows you, loves you, and has a purpose and a plan for you. What would it be like to really live into that? It's like the gospel, according to the famous rapper Eminem. If you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? Yo. It's the quote. 
The one moment is your life right now, and you have an all-access pass. Let's figure out how to use that sucker. Let me pray. Lord, thanks for today. Thanks, thanks that you love us so much that, Lord, you, you took it the whole way and died on the cross and rose again. And, man, that curtain ripped from top to bottom saying, welcome, full access. Lord, I pray that we would begin to figure out what does it look like to be a son or a daughter of the king full inheritance of the kingdom of God. Thank you for a great, awesome, beautiful day to be out here in the parking lot or online watching it. Lord, I pray you would use your scripture, what we talked about today, so that we can live into who we really are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, hey, I was going to make all access passes for everyone, but I just decided I didn't want to do that. Um, so you don't get any any gifts on your way out. So, but as we leave, we're going to have some music going on, I think. But keep your social distance, please. Uh, wear a mask, all that kind of stuff. But thanks for joining us again. We'll stick with this time at eleven um, each each week. So, uh, thanks for having me up here. I guess. See you guys later. Have a good week. <laughs>